When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Inside Leverage exclusively on the Fans First Sports Network. Today, we go behind enemy lines in anticipation of this huge game for the AFC East title versus the Buffalo Bills. We are joined by Greg Thompson of Cover One. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's uh, not exactly where I think any of us expected this to be a couple of weeks ago. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, an interesting way to end the season. I agree. Hey, can you uh, can you give us a quick uh, a quick rundown to our listeners, who, you know, who are not familiar with you, a little bit about what you do, you know, as far as uh, cover one the podcast and how you became uh, to start covering the Bills? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, obviously, my my partner and I, Eric, uh, started Cover One a while ago. Uh, there's three of us: Eric, Aaron, and myself. Uh, and have had it running for a while now, mostly doing film breakdowns. Both Eric and I played in college and uh, liked the the film side of it and kind of the analysis end of it. I've gone into more like contract and financial analysis professionally. So I'm one of the weirdos who actually like reads the NFL CBA and, you know, goes through all the different, uh, you know, uh, salary cap gymnastics to be able to explain contracts he's a crazy person who will be sitting there talking big oh yeah uh no they ran that route combination last year in the second half against the colts big what the hell's wrong with you who who remembers stuff like that uh so we kind of got that started trying to explain the you know the more complex parts of the game that we love and help make it more digestible for fans so uh, that's what we do over a cover one. Most of what I do is Bills stuff. There is a lot of stuff that comes up with the draft, fantasy football, things outside of the Bills uh, that uh, some of the folks listening here may be more interested in, uh, but always having a good time. And, and I grew up in like Kelly versus Marino so that my rivalry is the Dolphins. 
Uh, you know, I, I think we all hate the Patriots collectively, uh, but the real rivalry for me is always going to be Bills Dolphins. So having this back as a game that genuinely matters, uh, that that matters a lot for me. And what place to be than here, Week 18, Dolphins versus Bills? Uh, Greg, pleasure to finally meet you face to face. I know I had, we had talkings uh, a while back. Uh, we um, so I follow you. Um, a lot of what you do so i appreciate you for finally you know being here um so let's start it here so um wow you guys face adversity so like what was the difference between kind of towards the middle the beginning to like now where you guys you know a lot of distractions a little bit just a little bit and then you know the the struggles on offense and firing of of, of kelly uh dorsey i'm sorry what has been the difference from then to now to get you guys to this point? So I, I think there's a, a lot of things that go into just dumb luck in an NFL season. The timing of when you have injuries, the bills got hammered with injuries, but we got hit early. So, you know, losing Trey white, losing Matt Milano, losing Daquan Jones, those were all huge injuries, but they happened immediately. So you got a chance to kind of, get your bearings of, okay, what is this going to be like? What is this going to have to work itself into to be able to function? And then they've been reasonably fortunate since then. We haven't had the kind of cluster injuries to continue at some of those positions. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, and the reason Dorsey got fired is really just the weight of expectation. You know, this was expected. When you have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, you have people like that, you're expected to put up big numbers. You're expected to put up better numbers than Keenan Allen. Um, so when you're in a position like that, you know, if you look across the league at, at metrics, they were, you know, Ken Dorsey got fired for being, I think, third in the NFL and scoring. Like he got fired for being top five in DVOA. He got fired for, you know, you could put together a pretty good case of, like, hey, was it really his fault? Now, I'll tell you, a lot of the folks that I trust that really dive in and work through the film, it wasn't so much about being bad. It was the sequencing. It was the setting up of plays. It was, you know, being able to um, create opportunities later in a game because you set up a play earlier and not being able to balance when to run the ball versus when to pass. Um, so there was a lot of things that I, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to, wonder if he was a scapegoat or taking the blame for uh for shortcomings in other areas but i also don't know that he was doing such an outstanding job that they didn't need to go in another direction anyways so um you know a lot of things haven't gone right for the bills this season but you know a lot of teams suffered injuries a lot of teams have had crazy results and they've somehow clawed their way back into having a chance here which is more than many of us expected when they were five and five six and six so, Greg, let me ask you, um, what is your biggest concern uh, going into this game on both sides of the ball for the Bills? Okay, so I, I'm stuck because I, I'm very I'm very analytical in how I approach things. I try not to go over the top and just fans. I get a little petty after the games, but in preparation, I try to be realistic. So I've been I've been flabbergasted all year by this Miami team because everything I watch. It's freaking terrifying. Like having the speed that the Dolphins have on offense is is terrifying as a, an opponent, as a defensive coordinator to plan for. Um, so on that side of it, I'm always in the sense of like, hey, 
how do we keep the top on this on this offense? How do we stop them from going over top of us, breaking those big plays? And then if you stretch too far, are you giving up stuff in the middle to be able to let them get those intermediate chunk plays, whether there's yak afterwards or whether it's just a, if you're lucky, just a 15 to 18 yard gain. Um, so that that's where my fear would come in is that can we find, you know, we have a good defense. We have a smart defense, but, you know, Rasul Douglas, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, they ain't winning any foot races with, with your receivers. So we got to have a strategy of how they're going to keep the lid on top of that. So um, that's obviously where my biggest fear is. On the other side of the ball, um, you know, I think it's – I don't know that the Bills have had a ton of um, things on offense where it's, oh, they're – you know, they're uh, being dominated from a defensive standpoint. It's been mistakes. It's been, you know, we'll have a game where Josh is looking pretty good and receivers are dropping the ball. We'll have a game where – the running backs are running pretty good, but we don't stick to it. We'll have a game where the receivers are making plays, but now Josh is off and he's throwing behind them or, or trying uh, shot plays that he hasn't. And then every once in a while, you have the games where it comes together and they put up 40 points and it just is maybe once a month uh, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, pressure up the middle is always a concern. So, you know, Christian Wilkins is always going to be a concern for me being able to bring creative blitzes that, that is different pre-snap versus what they see post-snap and you're getting, you're flushing Josh out of the pocket, making him create on the run. Now having Ramsey back, I know, you know, maybe you have to be cautious with Howard this week and, and, you know, let him, you know, get right for the playoffs, but whatever the combination may be, there's still going to be athletes in that secondary who can, you know, pick off a pass and, and Josh obviously puts them up for grabs sometimes. So um, those are going to be my two biggest concerns is uh, without Chubb and without, you know, Phillips, are they going to dial up more exotic blitzes? Are they going to try to just force the the variance card of, hey, if we create extra possessions, we think that's in our favor uh, with our offense. If we can just create it, and you know, Josh is probably going to give up a turnover anyways. If we can create multiple turnovers, can that flip things back to where um, just every we, you know, if, if I'm uh, McDaniel, I'm thinking, hey, every possession that I gain is a benefit to us because our offense is so explosive. So I'd rather take a shot that, yes, maybe I'm going to give up a, a big play to Gabe Davis. Maybe I'm going to give up a big play to James Cook. But if I create a couple extra possessions, that benefits us. So that's where my biggest fear would be is on offense, we can't, or on defense, we can't find a way to keep the big plays under control. And when the Bills are on offense and the Dolphins are on defense, it's going to be, are they going to just try to force josh into superhero mode and he you know makes the additional turnovers that they can't overcome when you talk about superhero mode it looks like that's something that josh allen felt like he needed to turn into when he played against the dolphins and when you look at kind of some of the numbers and you look at what the buffalo bills are doing uh right now and just kind of how they have won games against the Dolphins in the past with Stephon Diggs, and you look at kind of where some of those games in his last couple of sequence, Stephon Diggs hasn't been getting the ball. Do you think, uh, based on what uh, the, the new offensive coordinator has brought into the, the sequence, that, that the game plan is more take the ball out of Josh Allen's hand so he doesn't make the mistake, or is it more of maybe let's get – ball to Josh Allen to see what he can, you know, whip up and see if he can get you guys to the playoffs. What do you think? 
that that's the question of the day right now for a lot of us. Um, obviously, there's a couple things when a matchup's going the way that it was in Dallas. You, of course, you're going to keep handing the ball off. I don't think Joe Brady has any interest in being a. I think we ran the ball 77 percent of the time in that game versus 23 percent of passes. But when you're running for 270 yards and Micah Parsons is you know trying to catch his breath. I keep running the ball too. So I, I think that's kind of thrown off some of the metrics of a small sample size. Joe Brady's only been the offensive coordinator for five games. One of them, we ran the ball almost 80% of the time. Um, so the question a lot of people are asking is more balance is good. I've been waiting for the counter punch of, Hey, if we actually have to make teams pay attention and, actually worry about a run game for the first time in Josh Allen's entire career, can we now run play action and start taking shots over the top? Can we now make that a more dangerous piece? I haven't seen that yet. So that's the question that a lot of people are asking that, that cover the team and study the team is how much of this is maybe Joe Brady doesn't like pre-snap motion as much as what we thought he would. Maybe he doesn't like play action as much as he, we thought he would, or has he been keeping something, you know, uh, close to the chest here? And that, hey, the Chargers and the Patriots aren't teams that you're going to have to play your A, you know, play script. You're going to try to see, hey, I know it's not ideal, but we got to beat them with our vanilla stuff because we're going to need that against the Dolphins and other playoff caliber teams. Um, that's what I'm going to tell myself. That's what I want to believe it's the case because he's a smart guy. I, I want to believe that he knows that play action and pre-snap motion and more of those things are smart, but um, it's been a weird balance the last couple of games. One, again, but I give him a full pass on the Cowboys game because they're running the ball down their throat, but the game plan against the Chargers and Patriots looks subpar to me, um, and I, I can't put my finger on why. Well, Greg, really quick, just to build off that, as 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 a spokesman for Bills Mafia, are you all willing to, shall I say, live and die with taking the ball out of Josh hands and living with the run play to, you know, on the on the key possession where I mean because it's a double edged sword. If you take the ball out of his hand and the run play doesn't work, you know, it's the double edged sword. So is that something that you all, you know, are you all willing to live and die with that kind of result of it all? You can't. You can't. We have to accept that. Um, you know, and I, and I bring up Packers fans in the 90s. Uh, Josh Allen is a package deal. And part of that package is some of the coolest plays I've ever seen in my life. Like some of the most fun football I've ever experienced ever. And stuff that I want to pull out my hair and scream at the television. What the hell is wrong with you? How did you think you could throw the ball? But for if you guys, well, I don't know if you guys watched the game because it was going on at the same time. So I, I, I don't expect that you watched every snap of the, the Bills-Patriots game for as exciting as it was. There were two plays that are a perfect example. One of them, they ran like a, a cool, you guys run that orbit motion where you bring the, the receiver around in a loop and he'll stop right behind the quarterback and then kind of loop back out almost like a college option kind of setup. Well, they legit were running that. And it was Christian Barmore and Kyle Duggar hit Josh and he's about to go down and with two guys on him he flips the ball to Khalil Shakir like a straight up college triple option lateral and Shakir runs for like nine or ten yards for a first down uh it's down in the red zone um and it's one of those plays where you're like oh my god what that was wrong oh cool that's awesome and you're like celebrating like oh my god he's crazy I can't believe he did it well later on in the game 
He goes to do it again, but it's in the middle of the field. It's on like third and five, and he's run for like four and a half yards. And like he kind of has the ball out there like he's going to lateral it again. And instead, he fumbles backwards like five yards and makes it fourth and five, where if it's fourth and a half a yard, we would just kind of do the quarterback sneak thing because he's huge and it's easy to run. And that's the example is that I can't celebrate the cool play when I know he was living dangerously and that, yeah, it could have gone wrong. And then also scream at him for the other play. Cause that, that person doesn't exist. There is no one who can only live on that side of the razor's edge and only do the really cool stuff and like be a half an inch from out of bounds and throw it back across the body. And yeah, sometimes that's a crazy 50 yard touchdown that nobody thinks anybody else could throw. And sometimes it's an interception because just no human can do that every time. So we just have to accept it's a package deal. And I, you know, part of me wonder, and I guess the Packers know that that's why they got one Super Bowl out of Brett Favre is that it's not easy to put together four of those in a row. And that's what we're going to have to hope for is that he could someday have four of those only good performances in a row, but it's a package deal, but the package is also the most fun thing I've ever watched. So I'll take the good with the bad. Fred, you good? You got any more? No more rebuttals? No more piggybacks? You good? All right. Uh, let me get my questions before Fred seals the show. Uh, listen, man, you guys had a lot of turnovers, personal changes in that team. It's been a little bit uh, – it's kind of hard to gauge it. Like you said, you, we play at the same time, so it's kind of hard to watch the, the Bills. You're at, Like when you speak of the Dolphins, you talk about speed and a big Vangel defense. Like you're, you change your style completely. You used to be big bullies. I'm going to get under your skin. You make a mistake, turnovers, and I'm I'm, I'm just going to do some Superman stuff. What is your identity, per se, now going forward? I I think that's been really wishy-washy this season. Um, early in the year, they had some high-flying, you know, 65 75% pass, you know, live by Josh Allen, die by Josh Allen games, and that that is. And ultimately, you know, I think anybody saying that we're not going to go as far as Josh Allen takes us is lying to themselves. Um we have seen more balance. Like, and I don't think we're all of a sudden going to turn into, you know, some like run heavy offense, but I do think they've seen enough sparks with the balance where if they can strike that right, right mix, mix in some of the play action, take advantage of the run. Uh, They started to use Josh in the run game more. He's really held back on that a lot this season. We started to see more of that. I I do, you know, that's not a secret. I'm I'm confident Fangio is ready for this as well. You're going to see Josh Owen run the ball a lot on on Sunday night. Um, He knows that, hey, we've gotten down to this part. He He did the part they asked him to do. He protected himself to get to this point to where he is healthy and can run with the ball. Um, I want to see that mix. I want to see the mix of, hey, James Cook is a real weapon the teams need to worry about. And we can run the ball with this offensive line. And Josh is a weapon to run. And if we get that safety to just take one extra step into the box and worry about that, we can hit some shots over the top and be able to to create some plays with with Josh's arm. So um, I want that to be what the, the identity is. To this point, they've changed week to week. They haven't had a core philosophy to stick to. They haven't had consistency 
in anything more than a, a couple weeks in a row. Um, and uh, honestly, that's why that's why they're on the verge of either winning the division or being eliminated from the playoffs is because they haven't had that consistency and that identity. I, I think that's the name of the game. Um, Joe Brady kind of want to show one thing, and you, we already know what you got in, in uh, Josh Allen. So now you could be at a point where you're putting it all together. That's how I look at it. As far as the positive sides of things, like that's what we're certainly hoping. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, you know, hey, let's establish that run. Let's get that run going because when we need it, we know what Josh Allen can bring. But when there's going to be times where there's a struggle, you need a running game. So you got to develop that running game. It's kind of like how I felt with our offense. Um, do you think that's something that that's what the mindset of Joe Brady is doing? Kind of developing that running game and then kind of putting it all together in the playoffs? Um, I, I do think so. And I think it's something um, – I think sometimes defensive coaches automatically get the, like, assumption that they're conservative or want to, like, ground and pound and stuff like that. Sean McDermott's spoken very intelligently about he wants the offense that he least wants to play against as a defense coordinator. So – He's talked about that. He doesn't want a run-heavy conservative approach. He wants to play, he wants to create an offense that other defenses don't know what's coming next. Because part of what we had before was it was the Josh Allen show, and that hey, you know Josh Allen is going to be the entire show. He's going to be the entire offense. He's going to be the run game. He's going to be the passing game. Uh, good luck. See if you can stop it. And sometimes he did it anyways because he was just that talented and and was able to make things happen anyways. But eventually, just like with Mahomes, like teams started to figure out, hey, if we kind of force them to keep it underneath, run this too high shell, you know, just make them dink and dunk down the field, they won't be patient or disciplined enough to do it. And Josh hasn't been. He he's no one is going to call Josh Allen patient or disciplined. Um, so the counter to that is not becoming some run heavy old school three yards on a cloud of dust team, but it is being balanced enough that the other team doesn't know what's coming next. And it's not just an automatic, Hey, we know what we need to prepare for and we know what they're going to try to do. That's what balance means to me. So, you know, even if that's 55, 45, 60, 40, and you're still passing more than running. Cause of course in today's NFL, you need to, um, that's what I'd like to see. So I, I, I'm again, I'm hoping that's what Joe Brady is setting up and that we're going to see a counter punch coming here, but, uh, they'll need to, because if they don't, they'll, they're going to get eliminated. You know, along those lines, Greg, I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to bring up a local kid down here in, uh, in James Cook and, uh, and how that, how, the, how his situation is developing. I know he's had some trouble holding on to the ball. And I see that uh, looks like uh, Fournette's been getting some snaps. So how do you envision, how, what have you seen out of Cook? And, and do you see a lot more of, of Lenny getting uh, integrated in this offense as you go, you know, as, as the season progresses now? And, and if you guys end up qualifying, getting into the playoffs, how he's, his experience and his playmaking ability is going to benefit you guys. Uh, so first, James Cook has already far exceeded anything that I thought was possible. I thought when they drafted him, and again, for anyone who isn't familiar with him like physically and you just watch him, you know, he's 5'10", 5'11", 
187, 189 pounds. And he looks like that. Like he's, he's a slight framed guy. He doesn't, he's not a big hulking guy before they had, you know, Devin Singletary, who was only like 205, but he's like five seven. So when you, you take that 205 and shrink it down to five seven, you look thicker and, and you're able to carry it. Um at 5'11, 189, like James Cook looks like your average friend you you'd see hanging out. Like he's not like a big hulking dude. I thought he was going to be purely a complimentary piece. I thought that's what he would be. I was excited. Like I like the idea of the weapon, but at no point did I think we would have a season. James Cook's third in the NFL in rushing. He's, he's second in the NFL in total yards from scrimmage uh, for running backs. Um, I didn't think that was ever going to be in the cards. A season with 224 carries, um, I just I just didn't ever see that as a possibility for him. 224 carries, 265 touches at a 187, 189 pounds. He has been way more capable of being that centerpiece engine of the offense than I ever thought was going to be possible. So one, shout out to him. Um, I not that I didn't think he, you know, skill wise was capable. I think physically, like he could, you know, hold up to that over a season of of NFL tackles. So I think the big piece is they've they've rotated in who the other pieces are. Because even with that, he has the the Cowboys game is the outlier. He had twenty five carries in that game, which was ridiculous. Uh, twenty five carries for like one hundred and seventy nine yards or something crazy. Uh, They've rotated the other pieces. So Damian Harris was the guy for a little bit. He had a scary neck injury. That looks like that's done for the year. Um, Latavius Murray has been there on and off all year. Latavius Murray is also the oldest running back in the NFL. I think it's kind of starting to show towards the end of the season here. Um, Ty Johnson has actually been a, a surprising shot in the arm. Like He's actually run pretty hard and looked pretty good. I would like to see Lenny come in and Leonard Fournette swap that Latavius Murray role. Latavius Murray is an awesome leader. He's uh, probably has a future as, as a leader in the NFLPA in the leading the Players Association. Very well respected in the locker room. I kind of think he could do that from the sideline now down the stretch. Uh, I would like to see it be James Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ty Johnson, and I want uh, Cook to be getting you know, 60% of that and Fournette 30% of it and Ty Johnson 10% of it. Um, and that mix has worked, but I still want Cook. James Cook is electric with the ball in his hands. He's like, he, I'm going to say he gets skinny. He is kind of skinny when he goes through the hole, but you don't, he doesn't take a lot of big shots. Like he kind of weaves and winds through the hole. And then all of a sudden he'll be at the second level and hits his acceleration. Like how, how the hell did he get out there? How was he in space? He just ran like up through the middle. Um, he's really nifty through the through running, especially a guy his size running between the tackles. Uh, it's not all outside runs. It's not all you know outside zone and stuff like that. It's it's power counter trap, old school counter tray pulling the tackle across and blowing somebody out, and him running right up the right of the middle running duo and stuff. It's it's not stuff I expected to come from James Cook, but he's been a nice piece. So, Greg, let me ask you. The Dolphins win if, the Bills win if, in your opinion. And uh, if you can, a score prediction. I know it's early in the week, but let's see no, what you no, got. No, no. Yeah, no it's, 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 uh, it's right there. Um, so, the Dolphins win. The Dolphins win if they win the turnover differential. If they win the turnover battle, um, I think the Dolphins' offense is too dangerous to give extra possessions. Um, I think both teams are going to score. 
that like the, both teams are going to be able to put up some points here. Uh, both defenses are, you know, putting together what they can with the remaining pieces that they have. Uh, I think both defense coordinators are calling good creative uh, game plans with what they have and making the best of it. And it's working against some teams and against, you know, iffy offenses, it works against better offenses. It doesn't always work. Um, I think we're going to see that again here. I don't know that it's like some historic shootout, uh, but I, I think we see some points. Um, the Bills win if Josh Allen has an A minus game or better. I don't think it has to be A plus. I think if it's, if Josh Allen plays an A plus game, you guys have seen enough of those to know that Josh Allen's A plus game is going to win. Um, he can't have a B minus game. He can't have a C plus game. Uh, he needs to have a good game. Um, so I, I think there's enough balance where it doesn't have to be, you know, amazing in that he's putting on the cape and carrying the team. He can't have two, three turnovers. I, I'll give him one. He, you know, he has one every game. So <laughs> what am I going to do? He, he has one every game. Uh, he can have one. He can't have multiple. Um, he can't. He can't be try. He and he can't. You know, again, third and fifteen from our own thirty-five, and he throws an arm punt down to the fifteen. Okay, the, those you know the, he's got plenty of those in there where he just takes shots because he knows it's not much different than Sam Martin punting the ball. Um, we can't have the dumb ones. We can't have the red zone turnovers. We can't have the the stuff on first down where you can live to fight another day. We can't have those. So as long as Josh Allen has an A minus game or better, I think that there's enough uh, you know dings here, and I'll, I'll end by asking you guys a question. Um, I I I'm gonna pick with my heart. This is not purely analytical. I think that the Dolphins have every possibility of winning this game. I'm going to say the Bills take it 27-24, 27-23. I think we see 50 points in this game. I think we will see some field goals. Um, but I, I think that we see some points here. My biggest question is, do we think the Saturday games affect anything for McDaniel? I think that the Dolphins want to knock the bills out of the playoffs. I think that's a great, that's what I would be doing. And I'm sure I'm confident that's what their, their message is going to be in the locker room. If we see the Steelers and or the Jaguars lose before going into that game, both teams are now in the playoffs. Do you think we see, obviously you guys got dealt a nasty hand here this last week was with some more injuries. Do you think all of a sudden that changes you know, hey, maybe it starts out, and if it's a back and forth game, we keep going. But if if the Bills jump out to a early lead, do guys start to get rested? Is there anybody that's in question? They're like, hey, we know we got a ticket already to the playoffs. You know, this game, we'd love to host it. We know how dangerous we are at home. We want that, but it doesn't matter if we don't have X, Y, and Z along with us. Do you guys think that's a factor going into this week, or is it we just got to go with the mentality of hey, our playoffs start this week, and we got to go? I, I'll tell you only from what I've heard and what we've seen that uh, McDaniel has said on the record. Um, I, I think it was on Hard Knocks, as a matter of fact. He says, "I don't, I don't, you know, part of my French. We don't give a shit if we have to go on the road, you know, and, and play, basically." So, uh, you there might be something to that. Um, obviously, the the goal is always to win, and, and like you said, host a game at home. But the tickets bought, we just don't know who's who's going to the who's going to the dance with us. Yeah. And, so, and I, I won't lie, it, how weird is it to say that 
going to Kansas City doesn't sound like the worst opening matchup in the play. Like, no, how crazy no, is it that they're like, if you if you told me right now you get to choose, do you want to play Cleveland or Kansas City? How wild is it that you probably need a second to answer that? When's yeah, the last time we? When's the last time we thought that? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, again, I, and, I, and again, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining. No, about no, that. No, no. <laughs> I, I would love. I'll take to it. Not you have know? to worry about Sunday night. I would love not to have any anxiety going into Sunday night to have that all, all wrapped up and ready. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think both teams are going into this with, you know, they're probably the that side of the bracket is what it is. There is a difference in going back home and hosting. Indianapolis or Pittsburgh versus going to Mahomes and Reed and going to Arrowhead. So I think both teams see that that is a benefit. Even if Mahomes and Reed aren't what they have been, I, I'd still rather play the Colts or the Steelers at home <laughs> than go to Arrowhead. So I think both teams see that that is a major benefit. And even if both teams think a rematch in the division round is very much in play, because I think it is, I think both teams want that game to be at home as well. So I expect both teams to go for the win on Sunday night. And you add in the fact that the Dolphins could be the ones to eliminate the Bills. I, th- I think it's it's going to be a knockdown dragout. It's not necessarily elimination for you guys any too, right? It, even if um, you lose, it all we will know on, before uh, the game. So the Bills scenarios are gotcha. win and they're in, win, win and they're the two seed, lose and they need either. The Steelers to lose to the Ravens, who don't have anything to play for, and the or the Jaguars to lose to the Titans, who don't have anything to play for but are still playing anyway. So, um, right now Vegas obviously has Pittsburgh as a favorite over Baltimore's backups, and has Jacksonville as a favorite over Tennessee. I don't think either of those games are slam dunks. Pittsburgh can throw up on themselves just fine. Uh, Tennessee has beaten other teams, and Jacksonville looks like crap right now. So I, it's possible that the Bills will have a playoff spot clinched before the game starts. I'm not expecting it. I am assuming that this game is going to be win and you're the two seed, lose and you're eliminated. I'm assuming it's going to be a playoff game. What is the desperation coming from out of this? Like the scenario right now from what, from what I've heard you say is, oh, the two seed get into the division. But let's just put the shoe on the other foot. And coming into this game, it's win this game where you're out of the division. And Josh Allen comes in and lays a clunker. Does this season feels more to that six and six region as opposed to it feeling like win the two seed, win a division? How, how do you slice that cake? Um, so I mean, there was a point at six and six uh so at five and five after the broncos loss and six and six after the overtime loss to philly that there were very open discussions of do they need to move on from mcdermott and bean simply because they need something new because they need an offensive-minded head coach not because they deserve to be fired because they don't like they obviously they've accomplished enough that they don't deserve to be fired but in today's nfl you know is it do they need to go another direction um, I think they've passed that. I, I do think a lot of people set the barometer that if you have a healthy Josh Allen season and you miss the playoffs, you should be fired. And, and I don't think that's crazy. Um, so I think there would be still some calling for heads to roll, calling for people to get fired. There would be no scenario where it's not a major disappointment. Um, I think the fact that they've clawed back 
to this spot will probably save it that it'll just be a very anxious offseason with a lot of tension and go into next year with very hot seats. Um, but I don't actually think anything would change or that you would have any any material movement. They'd go through and probably interview for uh, offense coordinator. I don't think it'd be a slam dunk. Joe Brady would get it. I think McDermott would need to give up the play calling duties and going back to just being the overall head coach and have a defense coordinator. Um, but I, I do think, you know, say they went out in just, you know, disastrous fashion and it was a Dolphins blowout and Josh looked terrible and the offense was clunky and bad. Um, I do think that it would open up everything as far as questions about the head coach and GM. Again, I don't I don't think there's much of anything that could happen on the field that would cost them their job. Uh, but it could eliminate Joe Brady. I think it would open up a new offense coordinator. I think it would open up, you know, control and long-term view and make the seat very hot. Um, and, you know, rightfully so. If you have a healthy Josh Allen season, you shouldn't miss the playoffs. Point blank, period. All right, Greg. Just want to thank you, man. I know you yeah, got some fun. you got some daddy duties going on here. I, I you heard, know, so. part of the gig. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I've been there, done that. Got my T-shirt, man. My mine's are way over past that age. So, good luck with that, and and I appreciate your time and coming on here and just talking some some ball with us. For sure. No, and like I said, I, I meant it genuinely. I, at no point am I going to be rooting for the Dolphins at, at any point ever. But there is something fun about this game having meaning again. And it's been a long time since this game meant anything. It's been a long time since both these teams had something legitimate on the line in a game that mattered. And getting back to that is a lot of fun and is is a really, really cool feeling to now have these games matter and to take this division back uh, from those miserable Boston fans. Um, to have it now uh, be back here uh, means a lot. So I'm excited for it. Um, obviously, you guys know what I'm rooting for, but um, – it's it's really cool that this game matters again. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I know it's hard to root against your own team, man, but I'm glad to be on our side, man. Glad to have you. Okay. <laughs> man, I'm just happy for Keenan Allen, man. I'm just... <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. I, hey, I, if you if you figure out what's wrong with Stephon Diggs, let me know. Cause I sure as hell can't figure it out. Hey, man. I sure as hell can't figure it out. Like Keenan Allen, man. Listen, just like this, like hold up. Just like my boy with the Tampa. Mike Evans, yeah, yeah. you gotta appreciate the greatness, but you know Stephon is he nice? Yeah, right? we'll talk to you guys. Soon. All right, great. All right, great. Thanks, man. All right, guys.